It's the dictionary. Dictionary. It's the dictionary. It's the dictionary. Dictionary. It's the dictionary. Dictionary. Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. Thank you for joining me on this journey of edutainment. If you want to contact me in any way, the information is in the show notes. Email is dictionarypod at gmail.com. Twitter and Instagram is at dictionarypod. You can follow my posts, follow me, like them, comment on them, tag me in things if you think it's appropriate. If it's not appropriate, maybe just don't do that. You can DM me. You can find my personal stuff at Spejampar, S-P-E-J-A-M-P-A-R. I should do another TikTok video soon. Haven't done one of those in a little while again. And uh, let's see, what did I say? Email, social media, rate and review, share and subscribe. Get those downloads. Tell the people that you love this show so much. You love all the silly banter. Um, there is a Google Voice number that you can call and leave a message, and if uh, somebody calls, I'll put it in an episode if it's good, or just at least appropriate enough. Uh, tell me if you want me to credit you or not. Just say your name or not. I don't need to say who it's from. It's, I'll just put it. I'll just play it. Um, if you want to buy merchandise, there is a Public link in the show notes. If you want to join the Patreon for as little as $1 a month, that gets you early episodes and some exclusives and maybe even some other fun stuff in the future. I really, really want to do that. Uh, is there anything else? Tom and Jonah. Tom and Jonah, they made my two theme songs. Tom made one. Jonah made the other. That's how it works. Go check out their musical abilities. If you are listening to Right When This Airs, which is highly unlikely, uh, happy June 2023. It's summertime and the dictionary has to get read. All right, the first word in this episode is Dutchman's Pipe. Let's see, there's uh, Dutch, there's Dutchman's Pipes also. Dutchman's Pipe, two words with a hyphen. Dutchman has an apostrophe S at the end and a capital D. Because yesterday we had Dutchman's Britches, which is an herb. And Dutchman's Pipe is a noun from 1845 this one is a vine of the birthwort family with large leaves and early summer flowers. Oh, like like right now, June 1st, uh, maybe, maybe the Dutchman's pipe is coming out. Um, early summer flowers having the tube of the calyx curved like the bowl of a pipe. That's why it's called Dutchman's pipe. There is a picture of this vine it shows uh, a bit of the stalk of the vine and then a few leaves, a very large leaf and then a medium-sized leaf and then a few tiny leaves. And then there is also this pipe-shaped thing. I guess this is the calyx. I don't know. Is this where the flower comes out of? I don't know. I think we will have to post a picture of this one. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's curved. So there's a little, a little stem that comes off of the stalk and then it turns into this sort of rounded curved thing and then the top of it kind of opens up it sort of flares out into this sort of ovally shaped thing and that would be like 
like the bowl of the pipe, I guess. Um, why is it Dutchman? Um, I mean, I'm... I, it, I, Dutchman's britches didn't say anything about why it's Dutchman. Um, I don't know. Do, do, are Dutchman's... Are they known for smoking a lot of pipes? Uh, the species name looks like there's a couple of them. We have Aristolochia durior and Aristolochia macrophylla. And uh, it's the Dutchman's pipe, and I'll post a picture on social media, and it's from the Birthwort family, which, by the way, is birth, B-I-R-T-H, and then wart, W-O-R-I-R, W-O-R-T. I wanted to add another letter in there. Birthwort, Dutchman's pipe. Oh, the sound effect. What did I have in mind? I was just going to do like a... Dutch Oven is next, with a capital D, two words, noun, from 1769. I think the one that some of our less mature people, uh, the one that we not mature people like to think of is probably not in here. And uh, yeah, you know, yes, yes, we are not mature. We are mature, but we're not mature. Dutch Oven is number one, a metal shield for roasting before an open fire. So if you want to roast some stuff on a campfire, you need this metal shield. And I don't know exactly how this is working. Is it a thing on the bottom? Is it in the front? Is it on the top? I mean, I would think it's on the bottom. Um, I'm not familiar with that one because I don't do no cooking on an open fire. Number two is a brick oven in which cooking is done by the preheated walls. So, uh, okay, it's brick. Um, and I guess you you heat up the walls, but then you put in the food, and then because the walls, the bricks are heated up, the, the emanating heat from them cooks your food, or whatever it is that you're cooking. But I guess maybe they're not, they're, you, you don't keep on adding heat. It's just enough uh, from the bricks to cook it up. And I would assume that maybe both of these were invented by the Dutch people. Uh, otherwise, why would it be called the Dutch oven? I don't know. Doesn't say. Number 3A is a cast iron kettle with a tight cover that is used for baking in an open fire. Uh, so, you know, we, we got some similarities going on, on here. An open fire... Uh, it's metal, so this one's cast iron, but this is a kettle, and uh, the cover is very tight. So, yeah, I don't know, like, why did all these different things get the same name? Um, 3B is a heavy pot with a tight-fitting domed cover. So that would be similar to 3A, that's why they're 3A and 3B, tight-fitting cover, um, but it doesn't say how you use this heavy pot. Maybe you can put it on an open fire. Maybe not. Uh, is this like the, the kind of kettle that you think of like witches using? They put, they've got this big old pot and they put it over a, a fire, maybe in like one, on one wall of their house in the woods that's all creepy and made out of candy. Um, you know, maybe not witches, maybe, maybe there's other people too, maybe just people from hundreds of years ago, they had this Dutch oven. And then, of course, um, 
unofficial number four from Spencer is you're laying in bed with with your partner with somebody and you fart and you pull the covers over their head and that is also a Dutch oven. How that one became Dutch oven too, I have no idea. Did the Dutch like to fart and put their blanket over their head? Uh, I don't know. All these other ones make more sense, I guess. Dutch roll, two words with a capital D, noun from 1916. A combination of directional and lateral oscillation of an airplane. So, what's going on here? A combination of directional and lateral oscillation. I think of oscillation as being like a repetitive thing over and over again. Like your like your fan, it oscillates. Um, but an airplane, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I mean it's a roll. So I would assume that death, the plane is literally doing a roll. So the left side goes over the right side or vice versa. So that would be the lateral oscillation, I guess. But then the directional oscillation is, what does that mean? You're going in a different direction. You're changing direction. Your direction is changing constantly. I don't know. I think I need to put a, a link in the show notes for this one. And maybe maybe we can find a video of a plane doing a Dutch roll. So it's a spin in one direction and maybe it's a spin in another direction. And the Dutch people in their planes, they were like, this is a roll invented by the Dutch people, so you got to call it a Dutch roll. It's a good time. Dutch treat, two words, first form. This is a noun from 1887, and the, the D is often capitalized. It is a meal or other entertainment for which each person pays his or her own way. Oh, yes, we talked about that in the previous episode with the word Dutch. Uh, what people, people are paying their own way, just Dutch in general. That's the adverb. But this one, it's a noun. The, the entire meal, I guess, would be called, or just any other sort of entertainment, like a movie. It's a, it's a Dutch treat because you're paying for yourself. And I just think that's the most equal and best way to do things. But obviously, if you want to pay for somebody and they're fine with that, just do it. Just don't go Dutch. Just uh, what sort of treat would that be? An Italian treat? A German treat? An American treat? An Indian treat? A Chinese treat? I don't know. It's just a treat. I'm. This is the only one that I'm aware of that has a certain a culture named behind it. All the other treats, they're just regular treats. Well... I don't even know what my original sound sound effect was supposed to be. The second form of Dutch treat, this one is also an adverb uh, because the word Dutch was an adverb. So adverb from 1942, the D is often capitalized again, and the synonym is just the word Dutch, as in go Dutch treat. Never heard of this one. I've never heard of just the noun of Dutch treat in general. Um, so go Dutch treat, or you could just say go Dutch. That's the one I think that most of us have heard. And it's all about paying your own way. Pay your own way. Don't split. See, that's the thing. I said. I think I said yesterday, that I always thought this was about splitting it. 
Not necessarily. It could be. Likely. If it's a movie, you know, ticket, your tickets are probably the same price, more than likely. But no, it's just about pay your own way. Dutch uncle. Is this uh, the sound effect that I'm doing? Is this very Dutch? Is this the music that has come out of the Netherlands? I don't know anything about their music. Okay, so this next word is Dutch uncle. Two words with a capital D. Noun from 1837. I would hope that it would be an uncle who just pays his own way all the time. No, I don't think it is. It is one who admonishes sternly and bluntly. So this sounds like uh, this this uncle uh, who happens to be Dutch is uh, telling. There they don't have to be Dutch. It's just a descriptive word. Um, they're they're they like to say what is on their mind. They like to specifically maybe admonish. That's like, I don't like that thing. I'm admonishing it, uh, and I'm doing it in a very blunt and stern way. I'm being very honest with my words. I'm being very blunt and maybe short, and, uh, and I'm stern. I'm not happy about this. I'm just, you know, I'm pretty serious about this. So I'm a Dutch uncle. Um, are the Dutch known for being stern and blunt? I have no idea. I really just don't know much about them. So if you are Dutch, if you're in the Netherlands or that area, and you know a lot about them, are they stern and blunt? Is that how they like to describe things in themselves? And they they love to admonish things? We have finished the Dutch words, and now we are getting into the duty words. The first is duteous, D-U-T-E-O-U-S. Duteous is an adjective from 1592. If you want to chuckle, maybe a little chortle to all the rest of these words, that is perfectly fine. I'm right there with you. I'm laughing in my head because, again, as I have said, we are mature. We are so mature, the most mature people. Um, okay, the synonyms for duteous are dutiful and obedient. So, uh, you know, people tell you what to do and you do it. You are obedient. I was combining dutiful and obedient. Obedient and dutiful. You do your duty, the thing that somebody asks you to do, you do it and you did it and you obeyed. I think I'm pretty duteous. Next is dutiable, D-U-T-I-A-B-L-E, dutiable, adjective from 1770, subject to a duty, and in this context, duty, as in, you know, with most of the times you're going to hear it in this episode, it is spelled D-U-T-Y, and we have a number of definitions of duty, so it depends on the context, but if something is subject to a duty, which I will tell you is probably like a tax, uh, then it is dutiable. You can tax it. Next is dutiful. D-U-T-I-F-U-L. This was the synonym for duteous. It is an adjective from 1552. One, filled with or motivated 
by a sense of duty, as in a dutiful child. I didn't realize children had such a sense of duty of... <laughs> Do they have a sense of duty? Do they know what they're supposed to be doing? I feel like children are the least likely to be dutiful. I don't know, unless they're raised really well. I don't know. Maybe I don't know my children so good. Uh, but if you, you have a good sense of duty, you're filled with it, you're motivated by your sense of duty, you're dutiful. And number two, proceeding from or expressive of a sense of duty, as in a dutiful effort. Good try, good show. You were, uh, you were trying to express your sense of duty. Dutifully is an adverb, and dutifulness is a noun. And we now have to talk about just the word that all these other words are stemming from. It's duty, first form, noun from the 13th century. Here we go with a bunch of definitions. Number one. Conduct due to parents and superiors. The synonym is respect. So, conduct due to parents and superiors. It, it, this, this is the type of conduct that you need to show your parents, your superiors, because you are supposed to show them respect. In general, maybe they deserve respect, yes. Uh, they, they do know more than you do, but there are some parents or superiors who, uh, you know, depending on the context, depending on how they behave, they may not deserve as much respect as others. You can't just, I don't think you should be just giving out your respect willy-nilly. You know, you gotta, you gotta deserve it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta earn it. Um, but in general, I, yes, let's, let's make a generalization. The, the conduct that you are supposed to show them, that is your duty as the young little children. Two, uh, this would be 2A, obligatory tasks, conduct, service, or function, functions that arise from one's position, as in life or in a group. So, the things that you have to do based on your situation in your life, in your group of friends, your, your family group, uh, the things, the tasks, the conduct, the way that you can conduct yourself, the things that you do, your service, your functions, your important aspects, that is your duty. So, as an example, my duty in my family group is to, um, is to do Dutch ovens. No, that's, we, we, we do like to, uh, you know, we, let's, let's move on. What I was trying to say before my brain interrupted myself was... My duty is to uh, help with the technology, typically. That's how I t tend to uh, help out. That is my duty uh, in, in my family group. You know, oh, Spencer, help with, uh, with the TV, with the VCR. I've had to go help my great-grandma with her VCR many times and, you know, 20-plus years ago. Um, we don't know how to hook up this computer to the TV. Can you please help? You know, things like that. That's been my job ever since I was a little tyke when I was so dutiful about my duty. Uh, you know, one tiny little example. Uh, 2B1, assigned service or business. So the service or business that has been assigned is the duty. 2B2, 
See, guys, subs, subs to the subs. 2B2, active military service. So yes, if you were in the military, uh, you have a duty to do. You got to go do it. You got to do your duty because it's, it's dude. Dude to the military. 2B3, a period of being on duty. So if you're like, it's your work time. If you're a security guard at a place, that is your duty. You're on duty, securing the perimeter, and so that is duty. That is your duty. How many times can Spencer say duty in this episode? And what spelling are you hearing? 3A, a moral or legal obligation. It's again, you're obligated to do a thing, so it is your duty. Moral or legal. 3B, the force of moral obligation. Hmm, that's uh, that's a little bit more of a thinker. The force of moral obligation? Hmm. Number four, the synonym is tax, but especially a tax on imports. So, you know, if you, uh, if you travel internationally, you're going to see an upcoming word in this episode. You're going to see duty-free. So, you know, bringing things from one country, buying them there. You don't have to pay tax when you're in the airport for some reason. Don't know why. It's already plenty expensive. And then you bring it to another country, maybe back to your home country. And uh, so, you know, maybe you're getting things either cheaper than you would otherwise, or maybe you're getting items that you couldn't otherwise get in your country. And uh, But in general, and just, say I'm skipping ahead to duty-free, in general, um, a tax, a thing that's being sent from one country to another country, you got to tax it, and for whatever reason, we call that a duty. 5A. The synonym is the 1A definition for the word work. Work, I'm about to start my duty day. But it's a Friday, so that's good. 5B1. The service required, as of an electric machine, under specified conditions. The service required under specified conditions, probably talking about an electric machine. That is so vague. Uh, it's the, the thing that the machine has to do is its duty. If it's not doing its duty, it has become conscious and uh, that could cause some problems. 5B2, functional application. The synonym is use. I think that's how you would pronounce that word. Instead of use, it would be use. The use of a thing, its functional application is its duty. As in, got double duty out of the trip. Oh, we were going on a trip. Uh, we just wanted to go uh, hang out and just relax for a while, but... But there was another duty that came out of this trip, another use. Uh, we were also able to get some work done. I don't know. I c- couldn't think of any other things that might happen on a trip. Uh, there are plenty of things. Okay, 5B3. This one is just use or u- use as a substitute. Use as a substitute, as in making the word do duty for the thing. So, okay, we got to break down this quote. It's a quote from Edward Sapir. Sapir? Sapir. Sapper. I don't know how to say his name. Um, making the, so the quote is, making the word do, D-O, 
duty for the thing. So it's in this context, it's being used as a substitute, making the word do duty. That's probably how you want to say it. Making the word do duty for the thing. So the word, you're making some word do work or substitute for something. And I just feel like I need more context on this quote. Uh, synonyms for the whole thing are the words function and task. A phrase, we have two phrases, off-duty, and that is free from assignment or responsibility. So you don't have to work. You are not required to do anything. You're not obligated to do anything at this moment. You are off-duty. Usually we hear this when people, you know, like a, a fireman, a policeman, a fire person, police person, or um, anybody else who's like, they're like, hey, uh, you, hey, baker, uh, can you bake me a cake right now? I, I see you on the street. I want a cake from you right now, please. And then the baker's like, I'm off duty. I'm not at my shop. I don't have any things around me that I can bake with. I'm on the street, literally. I'm off duty. I'm done with my duty for the day. But there's another phrase, on duty. This is engaged in or responsible for an assigned task or duty. It's your time to work. That's what it is. So this word is from, well, it looks like it pretty much goes down to the Anglo-French word du, D-E-U, which means the word do, D-U-E, which is, you know, it's the thing that you got to do. You're, you're owing, you're, you're owed a thing to do a thing, so you got to do the thing, and that's your duty. You got to do the stuff when you're on duty. Yeah. The second form of duty is an adjective from 1806. Don't worry, it's way shorter. Number one, done as a duty. Two, being on duty or assigned to specified tasks or functions, as in the duty officer. So the officer is on duty, and uh, they are assigned to do some things. So they are a duty officer. <laughs> Here is duty-free. Two words with a hyphen. You can say it duty-free or duty-free. Adjective or adverb from 1689 Number one, without payment of customs duties. Also, free from duties. And these, of course, would be the taxes. As in, imported duty-free. It was imported from one country to another country with no taxes involved for some reason. I don't know why the airports can do duty-free things, but they can. And we have another example, duty-free goods. Yay, no taxes cheaper prices. I don't know the context of just why something can be duty-free. Well, they're like, yeah, don't worry about paying taxes right now. It's fine. No duty for you. You don't got to pay no duty. It's For you, it's duty-free. Number three, relating to or selling duty-free goods, as in a duty-free shop. You're describing the shop as being duty-free because they charge no duty. I hope someone does a count of all the duties. Uh, 
Okay, we're changing things up. We have finished the duty words. We have finished the D-U-T section. And here is the... We, we, we have four more little three-letter sections in this episode. Here is the D-U-U section, which is just one word. And it is pronounced... Mm, I got to check on a thing. It is... Yeah. It is... Do... Where'd it go? Doomver. Doomver or doomver something like that it is spelled d-u-u-m-v-i-r doomver noun from 1600 one one of two roman officers or magistrates constituting a board or court Uh, and then number two is one of two people jointly holding power so similar idea for the two of them Uh, One is more specific and one is more general, but there are two people who together hold power. Um, Maybe they're Roman officers or magistrates, uh, they're in a board or a court, or just generally they have some sort of power. But one of the people would be the duumvir. Um, And I don't know what 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 would the two of them be together called. Would it be duumvirit? That is a noun. Duumvirate is a noun. Could be, could be the two people. I'm not entirely sure. But the word comes from the Latin word, or it is a Latin word, which is from the word duum, which is basically from duo, which means two, plus vir, although they would say weir. So their pronunciation of the whole word would be duumweir. Um, and the word weir, V-I-R, means man. Just a, a human, a person. A single one. So that is why duumvir is, uh, or duumvir, duumvir is one person. So then would duumvirit, is that, is that the two of them? We still got the vir word in there. So I'm not sure. Um, where would we even find the, the group of the two of them, that name? I don't know. Maybe it's not in here. Let's finish up this episode because it's long. <laughs> Here is uh, the D-U-V section, starting with duvet. Now, it, it looks like you say duvet or duvet. And you have, to, uh, you have to get the little Y sound in there, and you can emphasize either syllable. It is spelled D-U-V-E-T. Don't forget about the T. Noun from 1758. The synonym is the 2B definition for the word comforter. It's a big old blanket. You can put it on your bed. Maybe um, we you, there's duvet covers, so you can get a cover for your duvet, I guess. Um, and uh, it's just a thing that you sleep under. It's a kind of blanket for the for those people like me who have very simple minds. Next is duvetine, or dovetine, or duvetine. D-U-V-E-T-Y-N, noun from 1913. This is a smooth, lustrous, velvety fabric. Maybe you use it for a duvet. Duvetine, a duvet made out of duvetine. Uh, This is from French duvetine, which is from their word duvet, which means down. Now, the word duvet did not have any etymology. 
Uh, but I guess duvet means down. So maybe duvets are filled with down, typically. Maybe we can bring more synthetic down into the mixture. Um, is there anything else from Old French, dune or doom, which means down? Old Norse, dune. And there's more at the word down. So, uh, yeah, I guess maybe you fill it. If you fill the duvetine with down, you get a duvet. Smooth, lustrous, velvety fabric. <laughs> Said that word weird. Next is the single D-U-X word, which is pronounced du... Yeah, yeah, that's how you say it. Duxel or Ducel. So you can say it's spelled D-U-X-E-L-L-E-S. So you can pronounce a K sound or not. Duxel or Ducel. Noun from 1877. It is a garnish or stuffing made especially of finely chopped sautéed mushrooms. And I probably would not like this because I don't really care for the mushrooms, but I would give it a try. I'm trying to try more things. It is my duty as a human being to try new things, things that I don't care for, probably. Where where does this name come from? Who did this? Who made this? This is from, oh, this is the Frenchiest name ever. So French. Louis Chalon Dublet, Marquis Dussel. And uh, this, uh, this guy, Louis, was a French nobleman who died in 1658. Louis Chalon de Marquis Dussel. I am a French nobleman and I have passed away in 1658. That kind of went from French to British, oddly. Uh, yeah. And uh, Louis loved the mushrooms. Maybe he's a nobleman, wasn't a chef. Maybe he liked to cook in his spare time. Or maybe he just said to his chef, Please make me a garnish or stuffing made with finely chopped sautéed mushrooms. And I shall call it a ducel. We got one more word for this episode. It is DV, all caps, abbreviation for one, God willing. And the etymology says this is from the Latin phrase, Dio volente, although they would say volente. God willing, Dio volente, DV. I don't know how they use that in context, but somehow DV means God willing. And number two, it stands for Douay version. And I kind of remember reading that one. Let's uh, let's do a quick little check if we can find the, uh, what is this? D-O-U-A-Y. That's, uh, that's a lot of, lot of vowels right there in order. D-O-U-A-Y. And Y is definitely a vowel in this context. Douay version is the English translation of the Vulgate used in Roman Catholics. So uh, DV is uh, very religious. Okay, let's pick a word of the episode. We had Dutchman's pipe, Dutch oven, Dutch roll, Dutch treat, Dutch treat, Dutch uncle, duteous, dutiable, dutiful, duty, duty, duty free, duumvir, duvet, duvetine, ducel, and DV. Okay, one of them is going to be the word of the episode. What did I pick in the previous one? 
Um, what did I pick? It's been a couple of days since I picked it. I can't remember. Uh, Dutch. Let's see. Wait, wait, I'm just. I. I don't want to pick something similar. Um, I don't remember. Um, so this episode, what do we have? We have. Uh, we have various things. Um, I like. I like just you know paying for your own way. I like a. I like a Dutch treat in that way. But you know, duty is good too. What's your duty? I don't know my duty. We're all trying to figure out our duty. Let's pick duty as the word of the episode. What is your duty? What is your duty in the world? Maybe we're trying to figure out our duty. Some people know their duty. What is my duty? My duty is to read the dictionary. It's a dictionary duty. I got the dictionary duty. All right, we got there. That is it for this episode, and in tomorrow's episode, there's going to be a very special guest, and it's a fun one. So, this is the end, and this has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.